Hey, and welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives Podcast with Graham Cook. I'm your host, Michael Becchio. Today's message is a real treat, and I think it's right on target for probably where a lot of you are or have recently been in your life. Graham dives into the mindset of majesty, what we can expect from God, how we can position ourselves, and how we should be thinking when we face challenges, when we walk through things, when there's opposition or warfare, or when we have to overcome and step up into things in order to inherit what God has for us. What does it look like to become like Christ, to live like Jesus, to live in the fullness of freedom and liberty and truth and blessing, of joy and life that he has bought for us and which he has made a way for us to enter into? This is such a glorious subject, key and critical for us as believers, for all of us in the kingdom, to live in, to lean into, to step into this and to become it. This is the inheritance that is meant for us, beloved. And like any inheritance in the world, we would be silly not to claim it. To know that we have an inheritance from, say, a long-lost uncle, but not lay claim to it, every piece of it, no one would do that. Nobody would want to leave a rich, full, and life-changing inheritance on the table. We would lay hold of it. We would lay claim to it. We would go through the process and the steps required, whether legal or paperwork, logistics, etc., in order to fully lay hold of and take hold of that inheritance and make it our own. And then we would joyfully and wonderfully make use of it in our lives. We'd wonder at how much our lives have been transformed by a sudden inheritance something that we maybe didn't even expect and we certainly didn't earn of our own accord but was given to us freely. Man, think of that, how that would change your natural life. Now, apply that to who you are in Jesus, to what God has given you in Christ, to the wonderful, radical life of living in his kingdom come and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Compare it to living in the fullness and the abundance of God, the lavishness where he's given us all things for life and godliness in Christ. Wow. It's astonishing when you stop to think about it, isn't it? You have a remarkable place, a remarkable inheritance, and so much to step into, beloved. And if you're like me, you probably haven't realized all of it or have just caught whispers of it and know you need to keep taking that journey and continue the exploration into more and more of it day by day and season by season in the Lord. So I encourage you, be blessed by this message. Really take it in, soak in it, and saturate in it. Pause it and rewind if you need to hear something again and let it really sink in. This is one that you're probably going to want to listen to a few more times. There's richness and depth. I pray you be blessed by it, that you're able to receive it, that it strikes a chord in your spirit and that the activation that Graham invites you into to engage with the Holy Spirit, I pray that you really take that too and just love it. Love it and use it because it's here to bless you and to build you up, beloved child of God. Enjoy. We all must encounter the gift of a stress-free life in Christ. I often say to, you know, like people in my office, don't come in my office anxious or worried. And when Jenny, my personal assistant, you've all met Jenny, she's fabulous. And when we were talking about it, I said, you know, 
don't come in my office with a problem. So the times when she comes into my office and she opens the door and she stands there and she goes, I have an exciting possibility. <laughs> and she has this big grin on her face. And you know what? Every time she does that, it's, my spirit gets quickened. You know, because what? We're just sharing the right language. So my spirit gets quickened. Suddenly I'm thinking about a possibility, not a problem. Yeah, so when we're looking at it, the situation then, we're thinking about possibility status. So I love that, that we're sharing that space and we're, not, we're making war on negativity. So we're not allowing you know, that to happen. We're, we're converting that problem into something else before we talk about it. Yeah? Welcome to the kingdom. If you knew the gift of God. So we all must encounter the gift of a stress-free life in Christ. And stress is a byproduct of a life that's not focused on Christ within. The Prince of Peace has to take up residence in each of us. It's, it's critical. It's critical for the world that you live at peace because the world is at war. There are parts of our cities that are a battleground, a no-go areas even for the police. We live in a culture and a society that is at war with itself. The war between the haves and the have-nots. We're a, we're, a, we're a nation at war. We're a world at war. And it's critical for the world that there are peaceful people in it who can bring peace, who are peacemakers, who can walk up and down a street and pray for peace. But we can pray for the peace of Jerusalem because that nation is beset by countries that want to annihilate it. Important for us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If you get a hundred million people praying for the peace of Jerusalem, what if that could affect the peace talks? I was in Northern Ireland at the height of the troubles between Catholics and Protestants and the Sinn Féin and, and provisional IRA. And, and so I was in Belfast and quite often when I went into Belfast, you know, we... I never, I, we could do a conference, four sessions, and we had to do them in four different places, you know, because we were all, always under threat. So I, you know, I, tra I drove around Belfast on the back seat of a car with a blanket over me, and I, not even I knew where I was going next. And, you know, bombs going off and all that kind of stuff, and the government taking notice of you, because I would go into Belfast four times in a year maybe, and so the special branch follow you. You get, you know, the insidious thing of at the airport, some British squaddy gives you a full body cavity search, which is just about the most unpleasant, foul thing that one person can do to another, you know, and because they're all convinced that you're a courier for this or something else. So you go get followed. You get followed by the IRA, you get followed by special branch. So... In the midst of all of that, the Lord gives me this word um, that peace will come um, when the housewives of Belfast 
will come together and pray. And the peace movement was started by women, just ordinary housewives in Belfast getting together and they would walk around and pray in the city. And we used to go down and, you know, we used to do drive-by prophetic blessings. So uh, there was a pub that was famous for, it's where the IRA used to take people to kneecap people. It's put a shotgun behind the knee and just blow it, the knee right out. And uh, if you've got a knee problem, Belfast is the best place in the world. Seriously, it's the, it's, it's the number one place in the world for getting knee problems sorted out. I had lots of practice. And so this place that was a kneecapping central, we prophesied over it that it would become a place for the youth of Belfast to congregate and hear about Jesus. And now it's a youth place. Now it's a Christian youth place for the youth of Belfast. So we're prophet, going around prophesying, driving down streets, you know, praying blessing, praying favor, praying peace. And these girls took that whole thing on and it was absolutely outrageous what they achieved. And there's been peace there for, you know, along, they have the sporadic things going on because some people just can't let go, but it is not the place of war that it once was. Why? Because people of, pre, of peace rose up and practiced their peace. You owe it. The world needs to see the body of Christ moving with the Prince of Peace. When Jesus says, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He gives us peace. He gives us joy so that we can overcome in his nature. And we're learning those things. Take my yoke upon you. There is a partnership that he has with the Father that we need to learn. What he's saying is, learn from my attitude and my approach to life. Rest means an increase of gentleness and humility of heart. That the presence always upgrades our rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is an extraordinary statement. Last key, recognize what belongs to you already in Jesus and keep hold of it. Let me read you this verse from Philemon, verse 6. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the, acknowledge, <clears throat> through the acknowledging of every good gift which is in you for Christ's sake. We have gifts on the inside of us now that maybe never have seen the light of day. You need to confess. You know, when God gives you a gift, he gives it, that gift to you forever. So that gift keeps on growing in you. It keeps on expanding in you. So whatever gifts you've received over time, have, did, did you get all the upgrades that came with them? It's like if you're moving in prophecy one, what if right now you should be at Prophecy 7? It's like you get an iPhone 1 and everybody else has got an iPhone 7 and like, you know, yours can barely make a phone call. <laughs> everybody else can do everything because you've got all this stuff going on, yeah? So every gift comes with upgrades, future upgrades for you to come into. 
So it's important that you admit to what is yours in Jesus. And you do that by expressing gratitude and thanks for what he's done for you and in you. And live aware. Continue to be responsive in what you've learned and seen in Jesus because there's going to be an upgrade for those things too. So this practice has two applications of, uh, in terms of the gift. One is an application in the immediate situation. Learn the lesson, rehearse your responses, um, do the drill, exercise yourself in faith, prepare, train, work at it, polish it, repeat it in your situation until that thing becomes who you are. Don't just make your responsive circumstantial. Like, I've got this problem, God's going to give me this, and that's it. That's for that problem. No, what God gives you is for your life. It's not for your problem. It will have an impact on your problem, but what he gives you is for life. So when you get something, you still need to be upgrading it. You're going to be busy doing all the right things, doing all the brilliant things, so busy being joyful, you'll forget to be worried. So busy taking God for granted, you won't even recognize a problem. You'll almost instantly turn it into a possibility because that's the life that you have. That's what God has committed to you. That's who you really, really are in Jesus. You are not this person who's always on the floor, who's always flopping around, never knowing what God is doing. That is not who you are. That's the dead person that died in Jesus. The new you, the true you, gets it and practice it and loves it and wants it and desires it and is delighted by it. And you're learning how to be full. Your biggest problem is learning how to be full. Practicing abundance, getting your mind changed, loving all of that, growing up into all things in Jesus. We practice until it's a new custom, a habit, our normal way of life. It becomes our usual experience. And so what happens is God creates this pattern in you. And so your typical response is, you put Graham in a warfare situation, he'll think like Caleb. He'll think from majesty because he wants his mindset to be rooted in majesty. So he won't think about what can go wrong. He'll think about what, everything that could go right. You understand what I'm saying? It becomes who you really are. It becomes your usual experience. And there's a pattern then. Your identity begins to dominate your behavior. And the pattern is created. And we become imitators of God as dear children. It's where we become seasoned and experienced and accomplished in our walk with God. And it becomes the hallmark of our maturity and our growth. This is who we are, and we are a force to be reckoned with. And when enough of us in a region 
can rise up to that place of anointing, we can gang up on the enemy and kick his butt. The world is waiting right now for the corporate man of the church to rise up and occupy the heavens over that city, over that region. Our difficulty right now is we have so many people who don't even know how to rise up personally. Much less get all that army together in one place and begin to cry out for the things of God. Call down the blessings of heaven. Call down the favor of heaven. Bring down the kingdom where we live and let's have a fight. Jesus came to manifest a heaven-to-earth lifestyle. He walked with the Father. He knew His presence always. He practiced abiding, and He lived in the truth of it, and He spoke from the grace of it. As He is, so are we in this world. It's your destiny. It's your heritage. It's your inheritance. It's who you are. Can we just stop living below the line of our privilege? Start thinking, what are the gifts of God? Who am I really in Jesus? Who is he for me? He made every area of his life a personal encounter with the Father. A sudden confrontation with sovereignty. Where your circumstances Connect with the presence that you are abiding in. I love that, that all my circumstances are colliding with Jesus in me. <laughs> all of heaven's attracted to Jesus in me. And if I'm in Christ, so are all my circumstances. And I refuse to see my circumstances as separate from Jesus. They are part of who he is in me. And there is a gift for me that's mine, that needs to come to me, that I need to embrace. And I need to see something expand in me beyond the circumstances that I'm in. Radical permission three then is, in Jesus, you can possess your possessions. And... All of his blessings are relational and they are arising in us because of Jesus' relationship with the Father. Everything comes from him through Jesus in us. The Father is resourcing Jesus in you, in everything. And quite frankly, that makes you glorious. That makes you someone to be reckoned with. That makes you bigger than you've ever been. That makes you extraordinary. Isn't it time that we became as extraordinary as Jesus? It's time. I want you to go away from this session with the question, how many upgrades are out there that belong to me that I've not allowed them to fall? How many gifts 
are out there that are mine? Ask those questions. Because the Holy Spirit, He's going to connect with you because I'm fixing to ask Him to. He'll do it because I say. He'll do it because I say. Because we're in partnership. We wrote this talk together. He'll do it because I ask. What's the gift of God? What is the gift of God? It's yours. Second thing is, think about the circumstances of your life right now, the things that you're not enjoying or struggling with, and could you just separate them? And then home in on one, the Holy Spirit says, let's work on this one first. And ask him what the gift is. Ask him what you, he's going to be for you in that place. Start writing those things down. When you get that one done, move to the next one. Say, what's the gift here? What is it you're teaching me? What is it you want to be for me? What's going to grow up in me? What's the grace? What's going to enlarge? Ask those great questions. And then do all of them. And then you can sit back and just gloat for a while. Uh, it's called exaltation in the Bible. It's, it's gloating, really. It's exulting in the fact that, OMG, I've got all these promises. I know what he wants to do here and here and here. My life is going to be radically different. I want to enjoy every single one of these things. And I want to find who God is for me and who I am in him. So you ready? Yeah. Assume the position. Father, I thank you. It's a great day. This is happy gift day. It's a great day for us. Fabulous day. <clears throat> so, Father, I thank you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that every one of us will be overwhelmed by the multiplicity of gifts that you shower upon us. Lord, right now we stand and we sit in your extravagance. You're in this room and you're filling it. And there is an extravagant spirit in this room. You are slathering us with your grace and your blessing. You are overwhelming us. In all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So I ask, Lord, that there would just be a renewal in each of our hearts of love, of grace, of your presence, of peace, that there would be, Lord, just that place of relaxation, that we come to you and rest. And I ask, Lord, that you would open, as we begin to rejoice, you would open our ears that we may hear the word of the Lord. We may hear promises. Open our eyes that we may see things. Bring to our remembrance promises and words that you have given already that we've not really paid attention to. But right now, Lord, here we are, and we want to understand the gift of God that belongs to us from Jesus. We want to know what's coming from you through Jesus in us and what goes back to you. We want to know what's ours in the Spirit 
right now. We want to know the gift that's there for every situation and every issue. So we come and we stand on the ground of your grace. We feel treasured, Lord, and honored. And in Jesus' name, I ask that you would pour out gift upon gift upon gift upon gift. Now, this event would always be known as that was like Christmas. That was a Christmas event in May in Seattle. That was Happy Gift Weekend. And I came away loaded down with blessing. So I ask that in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just begin to load us up with blessing, with upgrades, with gifts. For Jesus' sake, Father, because he deserves a people who are full of favor and full of blessing. So I ask it in his name. Amen. All right, some good, good, good stuff here. I hope you were massively encouraged. Here's a few things to take away in an activation for you. Ask the Holy Spirit, as Graham encouraged, what gifts have you not taken hold of yet? What does he have for you in your situation, or the season of life, or whatever it is that you're facing that you haven't realized or thought of yet? And what does he want your focus to be on? He will give you a focus so that you aren't consumed and overwhelmed by what you're up against. He wants you to be consumed and overwhelmed by him and by his promise and gift in the midst of your life right now. You need to have that focus so that you aren't persistently distracted by a difficulty or challenge. So ask him for it. He will give it to you. He will show you. He will help you see it, beloved. The Holy Spirit is given to us as our counselor, the Paracletos, the one who comes alongside to help for this very reason. He loves to lead us into all truth, to reveal the things of God to us, to champion us, to bring us into fullness and maturity in Christ. And remember his promise from James chapter 1, verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Beloved, if you can't see it, his wisdom will be given to you to reveal it. He's faithful in that. He wants you to overcome and stand fast and be victorious in all your circumstances. He wants you to be fully confident and assured in him. That is no pipe dream. That's our new covenant reality in Christ. And when you ask, remember to ask in believing, as the next verse exhorts us to in James, saying, but let him ask in faith without doubting. Why does it say without doubting? Because there's no reason to. <laughs> God is faithful. Jesus is good. He has proven his love eternally for us in the cross, hasn't he? There's no reason for us to doubt, you or me. It's only the voice of the world, the flesh, or the devil that casts thoughts of doubt against God. Beloved, we're not subject to those. And if no one's ever told you this before, you have full permission to ignore those thoughts every time. And why don't you, in the process, exchange them for a better thought instead? One that glorifies Jesus and acknowledges his lordship and joins with all of heaven in believing and declaring that God is good and faithful and worthy of our entire trust and love. You are in the care of the great shepherd of your soul, beloved child of God. 
So lean in and make that the home of your every thought and mindset. Again, I encourage you, as Graham did in this message, go ask the Holy Spirit what gifts and focuses he has for you in this season. Ask believing with thanksgiving and be expectant. He has you in his sights. (laughs) Be blessed and enjoy him immensely. Have fun with this and let yourself be amazed all over again by God's goodness towards you.